Welcome to Arts North. I'm your host, Michael Cast. Arts North, everything art. I'd like to take a moment here and thank our sponsors, Linda Rempel at Sun Life Insurance and the Community Arts Council of Prince George and District, better known as Studio 2880. Everything art, like I said in the beginning, and that's so true. We have everything from pottery to sculpture to painting, theater, music, and even meditation and creativity. This episode, the number 20 episode, the 20th with a guest, I should say. I've done some solo, very boring (laughs) solo podcasts. If I do any sort of solo stuff, it won't be so I'm going to be looking for a little bit of a sidekick or a a co-host that comes on every now and then. And I think Hannah Mink might be that person. Uh, Anyways, this is number 20, but it's not special because it's number 20. It's special because we were able to connect with an artist down in Cartagena, Colombia. Joseph Cunningham, a local uh, Prince George artist, has been traveling through Mexico, Latin America, and now South America. And we've been discussing this for, I don't know, six months to how we're going to connect. We've had uh, some video messaging, we've done some direct messaging and texting and voice messaging, and finally we were able to connect through the host, the uh, the Anchor podcast uh, platform, has an app for the for your Android phone or your or your iPhone, whichever one you use. We were able to connect using that app. This excerpt this interview was recorded on the app and now i'm i did a little bit of editing i don't normally do some editing but we were so excited about being able to connect that i had to take out a little bit of it so this is an excerpt of the interview that i had about an hour and a half ago this is joseph cunningham from cartagena colombia so we finally got this going which is super yeah, and uh, the quality seems seems pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I can't complain. When I do the anchors on podcasts from abroad, it, it all seems to go pretty smoothly, more or less. Yeah, and uh, there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a um, delay, I think. Is there? Yeah, a bit for sure. That's good. So I can beep out any swearing that you might. Uh, that you might uh, partake in. <laughs> that is true. That's a good call, Mike. I forgot that I did that. No, are you kidding me? I had to, there was one I did a, uh, I did a uh, episode with Erica Hargreaves, who's the potter at Wheelhouse Studios. And she does these mugs called Scandalous or, yeah, ha- Scandalous Handless Mugs. And some of the language that we used in that one, I had to put explicit on my, uh, on my podcast. So I'm not afraid to swear. I mean, we're not covered by the CRTC, right? So just let her rip, right? Oh, perfect. Perfect. How are you liking Cartagena? Uh, I love Cartagena. I love being by the coast, to be honest. I love having the ocean or the sea or a big body of water there right next to me. I think that there's just some comfort to be had. And uh, I just was looking through some of the the images online and they've got some fantastic graffiti throughout the city or I'll just call it public art. I don't consider that graffiti. I call it public art. Yeah, honestly, they absolutely do. And I think that Central and South America as a whole 
has a ton of street art. And instead of like you go into city hall in Prince George and I actually went in there, what was it to pay something for my old man? And uh, I got into an argument with one of the receptionists because she said that it was vandalism. And I said, well, look, if the building looks like shit, regardless, you're, you're beautifying it. Right. And when yeah. you go to do stuff like that down here, the government actually says, okay, we're building a, a massive overpass. We want artists to go and paint it. And instead of, you know what I mean? Uh, holding these artists accountable for blah, blah, blah. They actually let the artists go out and, promote their craft and do it all over the wall. So there is a ton in Cartagena. There is a ton throughout Central and South America. That's wonderful. Uh, actually, on the 20th of this month, I will be sitting on a panel at, at, a, forum, at, the, at a forum for public art and, and art downtown. And the wow. future, yeah, and the future of art, and and uh, you know what's hap with what's happening downtown and and public art. So I'm excited about that, and and that's one of the things that uh, that I'm going to, you know, I mean, we <clears throat> nobody likes to edit or or um, censor art. However, you know, they there there needs to be some sort of some sort of standard by which the artist can guidelines, I guess, not, not, not rules, but guidelines and suggestions that the artists, whether if they don't like the suggestions, they don't have to partake. Right. Of course. Of course. Yeah. That's twice. I've used that word. Now I'm going to have to stop that. <laughs> That's a great call though. I'm super pumped that, you know, Prince George is hopefully moving in the direction of uh, being open um i don't know if conservative is the right word but they, they are a little less lenient towards some of the more um let's say no, free thinking ideas and agendas like public art i think is super important i think that it not only does it embody a space but it really starts to take on that atmosphere and that environment that the the civilians who live there embody and that they live in like I if if they don't like it they'll change something about it you know what i mean you can always paint over it. The exactly the uh, the word conservative is a, is too nice. I think the word is fucking uptight. <laughs> yeah, that's the word. You're right. You're right. It's you know, like 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 just just loosen up, lighten up, and and artists are so misunderstood. We're not going to ruin a space because our agenda is to beautify a space and tell a story. Well, and that's exactly it. And I think what they're scared of is, oh, it's going to give people the wrong idea by having, you know, um, graffiti in an area. It's going to lower the resale value of the buildings. Well, actually, I think what really ends up happening is that people start to actually gain uh, more sympathy towards what is bricks and mortar or wood and plaster. And they actually start to like you just said, build the story and start to communicate more of a relationship with the environment around them. I think that that is really, really important for, for Prince George, especially. I, 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 I agree. We'll have to see. There's some, uh, with this forum, unfortunately with, with everything around, um, a government 
body and 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 organizations there's some politics going on here so mm-hmm. um there it it's unfortunate some of the major players it, some of the major players the cultural players in the city weren't invited oh and um and that's and that like I don't know the whole story, so I don't want to speculate and, and rumors and that. However, you know I've heard some some things about about some people not liking other people, and you know. But I won't get into that. Hopefully, um, something. Hopefully, something um, positive comes out of the whole process. That's all I'm. That's all I'm hoping for. Whoever's there. As long as it's positive. Absolutely. Absolutely. It should be a healthy environment, right? And that's that's such a huge part of creation is, you know, destroying old ideals or current ways and letting them die to, to let new ones be born and let new things come to fruition. So regardless of what happens, Michael, I know it's a good thing. You're planting seeds, right? And sometimes plants take they need a lot of sunlight and a lot of water, and it can take time to build a beautiful garden. But over time, you'll have something fantastic there. I, I truly believe that that's a good thing going on. And they need to be pruned. Exactly. Trimmed. Yeah. So speaking, so that's a great segue um, about what, how, how the positive, how the positive influence of traveling is 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 having an impact on your creativity like i've noticed now and we talked about this before we've recorded anything was uh was you're doing a lot of video and a lot of editing because because like me you're like me in the sense that if i don't have paint or pencil or paper or something i need a creative outlet in some way and you're exactly like that so i've noticed a lot of uh, fun um videos and and different ways of creating how's that how's that uh, how is the environment having an impact on you absolutely i was just actually um i was just in cali the city in colombia in southern colombia where my partner's from i absolutely love cali it's not a destination hot spot for ta- travelers within colombia and i think that that is going to change right away because the the Vage, the district that they're from has so much to offer. Um, I was actually there, Michael. I was talking and collaborating um, with a lot of artists. And by collaboration, I mean kind of like getting ideas out there and seeing what they're thinking and seeing where they're coming from and and trying to really um, get myself involved and, and feel really intimate with my setting. And I've been painting a lot. I actually uh, have been so busy creating and exploring myself and my surroundings that I haven't really actually posted on social media or um, like on the videos or any of that. I've actually kind of did the videos more as work the last month or so, kind of like, okay, I sit down every day at a certain time and, and do it because I like it. But I've really, really been involved in drawing and painting and all that sorts of stuff. I went to a couple art shows and um, now that I'm in Cartagena, I reckon that I'll probably start to get more into some of the, the video editing again, because I just seen my grandparents and I sent them home with all of my paintings. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I, it was quite, quite a few paintings, too. So um, hopefully when I come back to Canada, I'll be able to have a show. I'm looking into galleries and uh, looking into options 
uh, obviously, but uh, super, super excited. The environment has had a, a fantastic, if you ask me, um, role on my creativity. You just read my mind. Uh, a lot of what I've seen, what I've seen lately is there are a lot of artists locally here and regionally that are doing shows based on drawings and photographs and, and during their travels. So, I mean, I'm inter I went to a show on Thursday, it was called Rooster Tales, a woman who had drawn and photographed and then painted later on roosters from all over different countries she's traveled. And another one, I'm going to be doing a podcast episode with Wendy Framst um, tomorrow, uh, Monday, Monday the 10th. And, uh, and we're going to talk about her show, which is at the Rustad Galleria and in, at Two Rivers Gallery. And we're going to be, she's doing, she did a show, um, she has a show about her travels around the world. So it'd be interesting to see, uh, to see sort of your, your paintings from your travels and your interpretation of, of your journey. Yeah, and you know what? Like, um, I always think about this. I always think that if I can look at a piece uh, another day, a month later, a week later, a couple of days later, a year later, and that painting starts having a different conversation with me, that, that, that I've done a good job, or the artist, the individual who's made the piece has done a good job, because it's like, it's like an individual that grows with you. It's like a, a good friend that you can continually have a conversation with, and they change as you change. So I, I, I totally agree. Like the paintings mean something to me right now. Um, and I've really started thinking about this, Michael, like when I, when I let go of a painting, I mean, it, it really doesn't, you know, who gives a shit what I think, what, what really matters is it's like when you release a movie, you know, everybody sees the movie, it's the same movie, nothing changes about the movie or nothing changes about the painting or the sculpture, but everybody sees it so much differently. So it's no longer my painting. The painting is now everybody's painting and it's everybody's interpretation. And it's, it's so much broader than that, like the context. And, you know, that goes to, goes to say the same for with like the work from me traveling. When I actually bring it back and actually let it go, I, you know, Latinos could see it and say, well, that's not blah, 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 whatever, I hate that. Or they could say, oh, I love that. And, you know, same with, um, same with locals from Prince George or Canada. They could see something and maybe see it in a, in a weird, twisted way. Um, Melissa's father always continually tells me what my paintings mean. And I always tell him that that's interesting. And he says, like, what does it mean to you? And I say, I, I don't really know because we haven't had a lot of time to talk. We, we've maybe only done a painting. We've only maybe painted together for a month. And um, I'm, I'm not sure we're just getting to know each other. And he's super perturbed by it. But I, th I think that that's the best way to put it. Yeah, and, and if he's perturbed, like, oh, wow. I mean, and he he may think more, you know? He may, exactly. he may bring him to a place where, where, where it generates this sort of curiosity about, about your process and about how you communicate with your paintings. Exactly, exactly. I think, yeah, some, well, everybody thinks differently. There's no right or wrong way of how to approach the, the way we look at your art or my art or somebody, 
you know, and then, and it, it all comes back to, and, and I can never remember his name, the New York Times critic that you quoted before. Jerry Saltz. It's either you fucking like it or you don't. That simple. That simple. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, even for us, when I can look at a piece and go, wow, I remember when I made that, how I was feeling during that time. But now I look at him going, wow, that's shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, where was I or what was I, what was happening there? Or even vice versa, right? You see it and you think, wow, I actually, there was so much in my subconscious that surfaced there that I didn't even realize this, this really sophisticated and, and really delicate piece that I had just created and, and something that's really personal and then that you release into the world and other people find really deeply moving as well. You know what I mean? So it is just that kind of like that give and take. But I think, I think more or less it's a, game of, it's a game of numbers. The more that I create, there's more pieces that stand out and there's more pieces that mean more to me. And then there's obviously less that start moving further and further down the line. I agree. I agree. And, um, well, you're not, you're not as old as I am. Uh, and so I don't, so it, it's only that I would only have a, I don't want to use the word larger body of work, but, but uh, over the years, a varying body of work. And so looking back, looking back, like you say, when we create more and more and more, we look back and yeah, it's like, uh, it's like, wow. Um, you know what? I lost my train of thought here. I didn't even know where I was going with this. So <laughs> I think you were going like, it's like incredible to see where you've actually been with those works and to see the transition, the movement is what I was feeling like, uh, like you were going towards because I look at the works when I was in Prince George, when we first met Michael and, you know, obviously uh, us collaborating, working together, changed the way that I worked. Same with working with other artists and experience that we experiences we both went through. And then just to see how that work has transitioned with us and with the times that we were going through and, and the greater world around us. I think that, that that's a quite a statement in itself. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's, that's just it. And you know what times, it's really funny because times, um, times aren't times, history repeats itself. So there's these, so there's these times like we're in now where it's, where it's, everything's very polarized, but in the seventies, it was like that too. And even, even a bit in the, in the eighties during the Reagan era. So we have this art that comes out of that. And then we have these moments, you know, these historic moments like, uh, like um, Obama or, or, or peace breaks out somewhere, you know, and, and, and so, and then we do that, but then we look back and say, okay, well, there was a, there was a thing happening 30 years ago that was the same as what's happened yesterday. How did I, what, how did I interpret that 30 years ago as opposed to how did I interpret it today? Just out of curiosity. I mean, really it's, it doesn't matter in the, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter how I interpreted it. It's just out of curiosity of, of what, what I was, how I was interpreting it 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it's like, 
I really want the world to see it. I really want the world to feel it. I really want people around me to, to feel something strong about that. But like you said, you know, it happens today. It happens tomorrow. It happened 10 years ago. I think that everything happens in waves, right? And to every crest, there's got to be a trough. Every time it goes up, it's got to come back down. It's just, I think that's a natural balancing act. And I was just watching, you know, we're in turbulent times, of course. It always seems like we're in turbulent times, exciting times to live in nonetheless. But uh, I was just, you know, reading and, and watching some things about the Berlin Wall. And I was kind of making these assimilations between, you know, between, you know, the Berlin Wall in the late 80s and kind of what we're going through right now, even with like this two-party system in the States and more or less a two-party system in Canada, depending on how you look at it. You know what I mean? This kind of divide and conquer. If we can tell everybody that they don't belong together, that they're not the same, it'll be so much easier to control them. And, and living in South America, you see such a distinct class difference. Like if you want to call somebody high class or tell them that they have their, their nose in the air, that you, you say, that, oh, you're on the 20th floor. You're on, you're on the 40th floor. You're telling them that they're on a really high floor, that they're looking down on you. They're looking down on everybody. And it's kind of like saying, you know, you're, you're being an asshole. You're, yeah, so yeah, you, there's yeah, a yeah. huge, huge class distinction here. And I think that even just thinking about that wall and thinking about, you know, different ideals about the world that um, hopefully I can relay some of this information to people. <clears throat> I think governments love it when we're, when, when, we're, when there's this us against them mentality, like you say, we're so much easier to control when we're not all gathered together despite our socioeconomic status or color or gender or identity in whatever form. And, and, and so when we are separate, we're way less powerful than, we're, than we are when we're together and looking at them, right? Them being the government. Yeah, that that united front. And that's why like, I'm really starting to take my work, Michael, and really boil it down to like, the absolute essentials. Like I whenever I have a, I don't know, a tiff or a little bit of a d debate, I guess, with some of these people, like I was, I was telling this, this woman the other day, I said, like, you know, most people aren't sexist, they're not racist, they're not biased, they're not gender biased, like they don't have this, this crazy preference. I think more or less, it's just your opinion of what they're saying. It, like that tight ass mentality that if you just took a moment to kind of like let go and say, wow, you know what? Like it doesn't really matter what you think because this is what I think. But, you know, that's your opinion. Whatever. Let it let it be. Yeah. It's be so much easier. It's the whole thing about trying to change somebody's mind. Right. Like like my job isn't to change anybody's mind. Mine. My job is to change my mind. You know? Yeah, keep learning, keep growing, right? Challenging yourself, your own status quo. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, 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 and that's one of the hardest parts, right? Is like, you know, I think I was just reading the other day. It was like, um, the, the stupid man braves, the stupid man or woman, the stupid individual, let's say, you know, blames the other. And then the brash individual blames everybody else the wise person stops to blame themselves. So yeah. 
everything that you're experiencing really boils down to how you're going to go through it and how you're going to take it. You know what I mean? I don't think most people go out there with the objective to, to offend people and to disturb people. And that's what I think I've encountered a little bit with my work is I've been trying to boil it down to the absolute essentials. So I've told you, I've told you multiple times, everybody shits, everybody pisses, everybody cries, everybody feels good. Everybody feels bad. We've all been through those highs and lows, right? So I'm, trying to take my work and boil it down to what everybody feels regardless of where you stand on this this ladder so I don't want my art to seem pretentious I don't want it to seem uh, you know all these sort of labels because the art world loves associating labels and, and categorizing and classifying things so I'm trying to make it trying to change the context I guess in which I think about work and the, and the way that my audience hopefully engages and addresses and deals with it. <laughs> That's why you and I are never going to be in like White Hot magazine or uh, or 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 up there with with uh, Coons or um, any of those other pretentious artists because well um, we don't buy into the art world's like you say we don't buy into the art world's tags. Yeah, and like I think regardless of where you are and what you're doing, like regardless, it is who you know. It's not what you know, it's always who you know, right? Like yeah. networking, building connections. I went and seen an artist. Um, her, her art was really nice. Apparently she had studied in, in Paris and Milan, and I don't want to uh, name her name. Um, but I really just thought like she was selling her works for around like five to $7,000 Canadian a piece, and they were maybe a foot by a foot. And I thought that you know, I'm not really blown away. I'm not really moved. I'm not going to go home and sleep on this. I'm not yeah. going to have dreams about it. I'm not going to be thinking about it a week from now. Like it, it was really just surface level, mediocre work, but it was all, it was all who, you know, it was pinkies up and pinkies out. Right. It was all that nose to the sky. But then um, when I was in Pasto, I didn't have the opportunity to meet this artist, but he lives in Pasto and I really, really would like to meet him, a Colombian artist. And he, he's quite an established artist, but he makes these really fantastic works that are solely based on his experience of his surroundings, of his, his growing up, of his everything. And I think that they are, they're really, really quite moving works, but getting into a gallery, like nice white walls, I think that it's I think that it's easy. You just got to play a little bit of a game, right? Yeah. I think Banksy did a great job by by playing the game and then giving them what he wanted. And then because they never know what they're going to expect, it's worth that much more like in a social context, not even a dollar value. Because he keeps challenging things like that painting that as soon as somebody bought it, it started eating itself. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. like for for him already thinking a step ahead of what the art world wants because it's so predictable that he's kind of moving in in that direction i think that the galleries are just a means to an end it's more about how society views the context of our work and like banksy got so much feedback good and bad people were pissed off that the painting's worth even more but as a social context and as a statement and as interpretation, that was a really powerful, powerful choice to do that. What did you think of the banana? I, I frankly thought the banana was fantastic just because mm -hmm. um, like for me personally, it's never going to stay. 
right? That's something that's organic. That's something that's going to transition so much easier than an acrylic or than an oil that could potentially last hundreds and hundreds of years if, if treated right. Regardless of how you try to preserve this banana, because it's in the open air, it's going to leave. And I thought more or less that was, that was a statement about, I mean, some people had speculated it was about masculinity and uh, all these weird things but i think more or less it was about having something organic and having something that's really tangible that could just and will transition into and pass into its its next stage of life that's was it worth that dollar value i i i don't know i mean it all I think like for me, it was a, it was a statement on the people that were willing to pay that much money for a banana. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. That's a great call. That's a great call. I mean, if you have the money, why not? What else are you going to spend it on? If you, if you have that much money to blow on a banana on a piece of tape, realistically, what else are you going to spend it on? And then the guy that ate it, what that was priceless. <laughs> That was phenomenal. And again, that was, that was like a pun on top of a pun on top of a pun. It was just irony on irony on irony. And it was a really impactful statement. I don't think it was meant to be like a piss on you. I think it was meant to be like, let's really emphasize this work and make it a real statement. Like I was just telling Melissa, um, I forget who it was, but I think it was uh, Andy Warhol had taken one of his prints into a famous, famous bar that all the avant-garde, uh, or not avant-garde, but impression or abstract impressionists had hung out in, in New York, and he had given one of the artists his paintings, and I'm not quite sure who it was. I don't want to name, name names because I probably don't have it right, but um, he had taken the print from Warhol, ripped it up, put it on the ground, and started <laughs> pissing on it, and everybody absolutely loved it. And they thought that that was even better than the first piece that Andy had given them, that that was a performance piece on top of a physical piece on top of this environment. And it was, again, just a fantastic statement. So I think that that kind of, you can make that, that relation between the two instances. Oh, for sure. Powerful. The, the next thing, and I had written a blog piece about this was, uh, um, the value of, and I asked Twyla Exner about this too. I'm going to start asking the uh, other artists um, how they feel about how they feel about artificial intelligence as artists, and and is it is artificial intelligence in fact an artist? And is there something? So a piece was they thought was only going to be worth first of all ten thousand, which I couldn't even wrap my head around. Sold for four hundred and twenty-eight thousand. That was generated by artificial intelligence based on on coding and 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 all the paintings that this computer looked at throughout history. And it was a blurry painting of a of a of a chubby man in a in a brown coat. Hmm. So how do you I think, think it, do you think, I think art it's art? I think it's art. Absolutely. It's like people saying, well, is Andy Warhol the artist of all those paintings? Well, absolutely. He is because he conceived the idea. So if somebody conceived the idea, like the conception was already the creation. So if the computer had 
decided that it was going to conceive all those things, taking all that information, like exactly what we do as an artist, and then regurgitate it in what it deems or what it is, you know, like feeling without feeling what it's processing, because I think that that's, I don't know if it feels, it probably processes, but I think that it's absolutely art. I was just reading about um, an artist who makes these rooms and these rooms are full of curtains and it's all based on, and these curtains have projectors that shoot uh, like almost like a video, but it's like one big full video and he does a full entire room and it's coding that he's put into the computer and the computer projects it out onto there, but it's not actually code. It shows color and pattern and movement. I, I do think it's art. Like that's like somebody taking earthworks and then saying like, look at that. Isn't that beautiful? Well, absolutely. We did nothing about that. We had nothing to do with the, with the movement of the moon or the sun or the changing of tides and, and gravity. But yet it's so beautiful for us to, to look at. There's such a fundamental understanding that we can share with that. What I'm do you gonna, think? Well, I, I'm still, I don't, I don't feel like I don't feel logically. I like, I can't get my head around it logically, but feeling inside, I don't feel as if it's art. Um, that doesn't mean, of course, I'm not in that you, you have, uh, you have a, a, a very good um, point of view on that. So, I mean, it makes me think, you know, it makes me think. So that's why I'm asking. I want to, I want to ask all my guests on the podcast, how they feel about, about this particular thing, because it, because it's going to be uh, like, it's, it's inevitable. It's an, it's an inevitability that artificial intelligence is going to start playing a huge role. If it, if it hasn't already in, in creativity, um, but I'm going to um, I'm going to have to leave it there. We can talk about this more. Where are you going from here, from Cartagena? Carta uh, yeah, Cartagena. We're going to stay in Cartagena. We're going to go to Medellin. Uh, we might go to the Coffee Triangle, and then we might come back to Cartagena. But let me just put this little inkling in your mind. What is great art other than art that challenges the status quo? We're going to leave it there. That's really something to think about. Fantastic, Michael. Thank you so much. So, so much for getting a hold of me. It's always a pleasure. Anytime. We'll do this again. Thank you, Joseph. Okay. Cheers. Oh, and, and say hello to your muse for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Have a good one, Michael. Take care. This episode of Arts North was produced, recorded, and edited at Strange Strip Studios here in beautiful Prince George, British Columbia. Once again, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Linda Rempel from Sun Life Insurance and the Community Arts Council of Prince George and District, better known as Studio 2880. If you'd like more great Arts North content, go to our Facebook page, Arts North BC, or visit our website, www.wixsite.com. There you'll find links to podcasts, blogs, arts news, everything art. For Arts North, I'm your host, Michael Cast. Thanks for listening.